Now, Singapore Today with Lance Alexander and Daniel Martin. Local sports fraternities here believe athletes will gain from the government's plans to anchor major global sporting events in Singapore. The move will also give our national athletes a chance to either compete or watch world-class competitors. It will also build Singapore's brand as a sports tourism destination. So you see, mm. it's not just Ed Sheeran and Taylor Swift coming. I think they're still going to be very popular. <laughs> yes, of course. Entertainers are big, big money. Of course. Um, I'm just hoping that people will be attracted as well to yeah. watch sporting events here. I agree. I'm, I'm not talking about just F1, One. Um, but you know we've done the marathon and not a lot of people go out and watch and cheer. A while ago, we were runners. talking about the Global Paralympic World Swimming Championships. Oh yeah, that's in 2025. A lot of people are waiting to, to have those uh, World Aquatic Championships here in Singapore. Yeah. It's going to be huge. That one's going to be huge. So that's the thing. So in Budget mm. 2024, Deputy Prime Minister and Finance Minister Lawrence Wong announced plans to bring in more sporting events to Singapore. For example, the aforementioned World Aquatics Championships in 2025. James Walton's joining us, sports business group leader with Deloitte Southeast Asia. James, welcome aboard. Hey, so if you were just to say to our listeners right now, let's say what are some of the marquee um, sporting events that Singapore hosts right now? I'm just, like, just off the top of your head, what comes to mind? Because I think the average Singaporean probably can't name you one beyond F1. Mm. Yeah, I think there's a couple of uh, big ones. Of course, we have the HSBC Rugby Sevens. Uh, we have the uh, World Table Tennis Singapore Smash uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks. You mentioned the World Aquatics Championships that we're coming down the line. And if you think in, in recent years, obviously, we had the ICC football and we had the WTA finals as well. So there's plenty of events happening. Uh, depending on whatever sport you're interested in. Okay, so when it comes to Singapore's unique selling points, a lot of people talk about our infrastructure, our connectivity, our security. Is there anything else you'd like to add on to that? Political and economic stability is a, is a big factor. When you're, when you're planning an event several years out and you need the host city to commit in terms of things that they're going to do, new facilities they're going to build, incentives that they're going to give the support they're going to give to the athletes etc you want to know that you're negotiating with an organizing body and, and a local government uh, that will still be there and that is stable and that will keep its promises and that's something where singapore perhaps has a bit of an advantage over some of our competitors but all the other things you talked about in terms of safety uh, we're obviously a very safe city state here as well as the international connectivity are, are, are all very valid reasons why people want to come to to singapore but what could be a disadvantage? I wonder, when you factor in all those things that you just described, wonderful, great, we got it in spades, we're done, we're good. But is it also, are the organisers looking at whether people turn up? We don't really have a very spectator, mm. sport-going culture. I mean, if you say Liverpool or Manchester United is coming, no problem, ah, people turn up. Uh, but with, with these other sports, do organisers not want to see empty seats? Yeah, so th that is a consideration, and obviously we're quite a quite a small market, and that means a small market in terms of attendances, unless you can attract people to fly in from across the Southeast Asia region, which, as you say, if you've got Chelsea or, or indeed Taylor Swift for that matter, then people will fly in. But we saw recently when we hosted the World Floorball Championships that the attendances were were not that great because perhaps the local support for the sport is not that that high, and there's no big celebrity star names taking part and people were not going to fly in for a world floorball championship. So that population size and the 
captive audience that we have, as well as obviously the high the high cost of hosting events here, is the, is definitely a drawback. Okay, so when we sort of uh, push aside the World Floorball Championship mm. and people turning up to maybe watch uh, the Singapore Marathon, where you have the world's best, the most elite runners coming to Singapore, yeah. coming into town, but very few people wake up in the morning to go and cheer them on. Let's talk about the mega sports event. We should then be focusing on that will attract not only the Singaporean crowd other than the Liverpool team or Arsenal or Manchester United coming here. What else can we say would attract people to come here for a mega sports event? And should we always sort of mix it up a bit, you know, have a bit of music too along with that sporting event? Very much like how F1 does it. So we've seen the success of the World Table Tennis Singapore smash in the last couple of years, where, as you say, there's an element of you have world-class athletes. It's a sport that Singaporeans are interested in and passionate about. It got significant tourism coming in as well. A lot of people came in from China to watch, and indeed over a, a billion people were, were watching at, at various points in time. And they did bring in that concert element to things as well and we've seen that with other events in the, in the past like the ATP finals as well so people do want that that holistic entertainment that means they can bring perhaps the whole family and do things but some of the other events we've bid for in recent years which shows you a little bit of the direction obviously the world athletics championships which has gone to Japan we bid for the ATP finals uh, which would have seen you know at the time when we bid for it people like Djokovic and Nadal and, and Federer potentially coming to play in 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 Singapore um so there are you know it's getting that combination right of having a sport where there is a local captive audience that's interested badminton table tennis football tennis as well as getting those big name stars but also ideally a sport where some of the local players can take part get their experience and again that was one of the great things about the Singapore uh, smash Actually, yeah, let's pick up on that point because Lance mentioned it earlier on as well, the opportunity for our local athletes to experience, to be shoulder-to-shoulder with these world-class athletes, to play with them on that league as well. More friendly opportunities need to emerge. I mean, do we need to really push this to the forefront or is it already being done, this idea of having that opportunity for the local athletes to be a part of it? I think it's already been in Sports Singapore's plans for many, many years. And we've seen people won't even be aware that there are athletes and teams that come into Singapore to take part in training camps. And and when they do so, they train with our local athletes and they even go to the SSI, the, the Sports Institute at Sports Singapore in Kalang, and do things like video capture and things like that, which helps our sports scientists analyze the athletes and see what the difference is between those athletes and our athletes in terms of high performance. So there's a lot of things happening in that regard, but there's really no substitute. If you're a Singaporean athlete, the opportunity to play in front of your home crowd, your family and friends against some of the top ranked players in the world, there is just no substitute for that. You know, it's going to get tougher and tougher because we've got neighbours now uh, possibly offering even bigger grants in excess of two, three, four million US dollars per night to attract sporting events uh, to go there instead of coming to Singapore. Do you think it's going to be more difficult for us to attract uh, the best sporting events to come here, even even the best entertainers because of what's happening uh, around the region and around the world? Entertainers could be a challenge, but if you look back over the last 10 to 15 years, in terms of competition for hosting major sports events, we don't really have a lot of competition in the Southeast Asia region. We're invariably, we're actually bidding 
uh, until recent years, frequently you'd be bidding against China, who were willing to spend a lot of money. And, and indeed, that's where the WTA finals went at the time. You're bidding against Japan, you're bidding against Australia, and, and increasingly in recent times, you're bidding against Saudi Arabia and, and Qatar. And the reality is that these countries have very deep pockets, and they are willing to throw a lot of money uh, at an event to get it there. And they have similar goals in terms of development of sport and and tourism as we do. And that's where the Singapore story and Singapore is a gateway into ASEAN, which which don't forget is one of the largest economies with a very yo, uh, young population, growing middle class. There's a lot of things for going, going for ASEAN as a region. And that's where Southeast Asia and Singapore needs to position itself. Let's pick on that ASEAN point, just to end us off in this final point. How about spreading the love? Could there be collaborations, co-hostings, multiple countries within the Southeast Asian region, which are just minutes apart or by plane? Could we co-host major sporting events? Could that be the way forward? Well, so we saw that last year when FIBA held their World Basketball Championships. And while Philippines was the principal host, there were games played in, in Indonesia as well. And of course, there was talk in recent years about a World Cup bid that would cover four to five countries in in ASEAN. I mean, it depends on the size of the of the tournament. Obviously, for us here right now, we only have one stadium that is a large stadium, the National Stadium at 55,000 seats. NS Square is coming online in the next couple of years at 30,000. But the host, an event that, for example, needs four to five major stadiums, some kind of collaboration with Malaysia could be interesting. And it does solve that challenge of the small size of the domestic capture market. So I think when the opportunity is there to bid for something like that, I'm, I'm sure it will be taken. Uh, but we need to have that that varied strategy between individual events and, for example, multi-sports games or large tournaments. Uh, but it is a highly competitive market, so we've just got to find what the tactic is yeah. that works on any given event. Well said indeed, James. A pleasure. Thanks for coming on the show and talking to us about the Singapore Today Top Story. James Walton there, sports business group leader with Deloitte Southeast Asia. 